It'll notify me too. All right, we are live, live, live. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Parent Teen Mindset Show with Forrest and Bo. We have a very special guest that we're going to be introducing here in just a second. Um, he sent me a bio. I, I know his bio, but he sent it to me, so I'm going to read some of it. Uh, <laughs> but this, this gentleman right here, he's a brother from another mother. Such a great friend. Such a wonderful giving spirit. Yes. Um, this guy changed my life many times over. He and his whole family are incredible. Um, and uh, so I just want to introduce him. Uh, he's... The, He's the proud father of five unbelievable children. Uh, I think you lose count after four. Are you sure you have five? I don't know. We might have six. (laughs) He's blessed to be married to Nicole Steele, the one and only awesome Nicole Steele. Um, High school sweetheart for going on 20 years now. Wow, that's incredible. Author, two-time best-selling international author on Amazon. fitness ex-fitness owner you know he was in the trenches with me um you know working with people transforming lives uh, locally in southern california and then all over the world through consulting arms that we've um, worked out together owned together Uh, he's helped impact tens of thousands of lives through weight release transformation body mind spirit transformation mind you Um, and he's currently an e-commerce franchise broker just an awesome individual let's welcome anthony Steel, hey. what's up, Anthony Steele? Anthony, and I just want to say, you know, uh, from my perspective over the years, you know, from you know the six or seven years that I've known you, you know, I want to tell you thank you in an open forum for all the advice that you gave me when I was coming up through the ranks, working with kids, you know, and trying to create systems that can help them become healthy individuals and healthy humans. So I want to tell you thank you, dude, for all your mentorship, the times we had in Cali together, the times we've had in Florida together, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, I'm feeling a reunion coming up sometime this year for all of us. So. So it's good to get this little band back together for this moment in time. So thank you, bro. I'll tell you what, man, I'm just blessed to be on your guys. Just, just this whole operation that you guys are running is so righteous. You know what I mean? It is so righteous, man. We're talking about the youth here, right? We're talking about teenagers and we're talking about, you know, obviously, you know, us being parents and, you know, having that opportunity to be able to bring up, like, really, I think this, this era here especially with all the social networks and how quickly their, you know, their attention is taken, right? Like yeah. this area here is like literally going to be the, the best, the best ever, right? Like the times that we're living in too as well, but like statistics wise, negative and positive, right? I mean, they're, they're all out the roof here, you know? And so the mission that you guys are taking on here, I mean, is, is there's no better team to be able to do it. I'll tell you what, I'm just excited to be on this here, especially in the infancy, you know what I mean? And have this opportunity to be on with you, Forrest, Bo, and you guys are both, you know, mentors of mine as much as, you know, you say that I've maybe said, maybe may, may have been able to speak something into your guys' lives. You guys are tremendous sure. blessing. So. And, and thank you, Coach. I mean, and you're part of the creation process. You're on the advisory board and uh, you're one of the creators making this happen. So it's your energy, man, that's going to be helping the youth and uh, you directly we want to thank because you have to have courage to be able to step into something, especially in its infancy stage, no matter how well you know people and whatnot, you know, having the courage to say, yeah, I believe in something. I believe in it enough to defend it, to show up and to be there. So yeah, thank you for being here today. The topic, raising teens in a divisive world. Yes. This is, yes. This and- is one that's, you know, the, the energy on this has been building up for so many people. Uh, and it's come to a it's come to a head and it's come to a crash. You know, some people have lost lives. 
Some people have lost family members or, you know, just become disassociated with their family because of the, divis the, the division in this world, whether it's race, religion, politics. We've seen some major division rear we its have. ugly head, you know, especially in uh, 2020. Um, you know, so not only were we dealing with COVID, but we were dealing with um, a, 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 divi a dividing political, nation. social, economic issues, right? you know, and, and having it at your fingertips at a second's notice, right? Having this divisive, this type of energy and emotional, you know, rush coming to you at, at the, really at the tip of your fingertips, especially over the summer when things got really hot and heavy. And we saw just a lot of people hurting. We saw a lot of division. And what I want to do before we step into these topics, like we always say for us and Anthony is like, hey, for the teens and for the parents specifically, thing touches your heart on this. If anything moves you a little bit, don't push it away. Don't push this information away. Let it settle in, right? We're here and we might talk about some, you know, some topics that might seem a little controversial, but, you know, let it take it in because we're here to help and we're here to serve, right? And, and that's why we... That's perfect, Bo. And, I, and I'll even build off of that and say, you know, if we're just talking about stuff that's not going to kind of stir the pot a little bit, then why are we here? Right. 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 Why are we here? We're here to stir your soul a little bit. And yes. Yes. Go ahead and, and tackle the harder topics that maybe other people are a little bit afraid to discuss. Right. Absolutely. And, um, you know, Anthony, maybe I would like to honor you and just have you start from the beginning. Right. How you your birth. Let's start there. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, I mean, wow, uh, cool birth, man. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you old, but you good. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I had to throw in a joke, though. I had to throw it in there for everybody. I had to throw it in there for everybody. I didn't want to date you, you know what I mean? But I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, it all started off for me in, uh, in Orange County, Orange County, California, Tustin, right? And, uh, you know, born out there. And uh, about nine years old, we ended up moving to the beautiful city of Oceanside, California. Uh, so I don't really remember too much of with Orange, with Orange County uh, too much, but uh, great parents, you know, um, a latchkey kid, right? And so, you know, my parents worked very, very hard. My dad woke up like at three or four o'clock in the morning. He worked for GTE. He climbed poles for years, man. Um, really blue collar, hard worker, you know, still was able to get, you know, his master's degree. Um, he was a pastor, you know, on, on the side too, as well. My mom was an x-ray tech, you know, um, my dad, African-American, my mom, white, Irish, Dutch, Dane, and French, right? And especially back in those days, right? Like when they first came together, that was not, that wasn't good. It wasn't a good thing, you know, but my mom was so, so dynamic, so amazing and so loving and so giving that she was able to even really turn my parents family around right from you know, my mom was blonde hair blue eyes right so that was even like oh my gosh that was even way more at least be a brunette right and she was <laughs> going to that family right and that family ended up loving her more than even the blood their their own blood right um because that was just the type of person that she was so I really had dynamic parents I was very blessed but you know one of the things that you know happened for me is um just being a latchkey kid you know, and living in Oceanside, California, very multicultural, right? Sure. Is that, you know, right across the other side of the fence, you know, if you, all you had to do was kind of, you know, where they all, they, when Oceanside, you got the 76 highway there, but when yeah. I was there, the 76 highway wasn't there, right? There was just this big wall. And then on the other side of the wall, you had just a, a field. And then on the other side of the wall was my buddy, you know, my buddy's house, right? And you go over his house and they were, you know, they were a little bit rough around the edges, you know what I mean? And they were more into that, that gang lifestyle. And here I was, you know, 
uh, you know, basically had came, came up and was going up to Christian school all the way up until the sixth grade. And I kept on telling my dad, mom, I said, please, please, I just want to go to public school because that's where all my friends are. Right. Mm. And they're like, OK, because I could have went to Christian school all the way through. Right. Okay. I mean, all the way to I mean, that, that's the type of, you know, the parents that I had, they worked very, very hard and they were willing to pay that thousand dollars a month to sure. have me go to Christian school. But they said, OK, son, you can go to the public school. So then when I went to the public school, my goodness. Right. And so mm. I was able to run into a lot of different things. I was able to run into, you know, I, I remember going into the into the elementary or the elementary school, Del Rio uh, Elementary and going into the bathroom, and literally seeing kids already smoking weed you know, already drinking at sixth grade. And I was like, kind of torn back by that. But then from there, what I did is I, I really embraced that, that type of lifestyle, but football was a big, big proponent too, as well. So I didn't want to get in too much trouble, but then from there kind of got into, got into trouble, had my first drink at 15 years old, really, really liked it, really liked it a lot. Right. Because me, I'm more of an introverted type of person that's learned how to become extrovert, but especially right. more at that time, it was like, man, I just go ahead and just drink away because it would bring out a whole nother type of person in me, a very confident type of person, obviously. Liquid courage. Those, liquid sure. courage, right? Off those bubbles, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, uh, that obviously didn't lead me to the, to the best of um, the, the best choices, right? Uh, ended up uh, barely graduating with a 1.83 in GPA. As a matter of fact, I remember one of my coaches, Coach Kavak, right? Love Coach Kavak. He was this, he was this burly, uh, I think the last name is Russian, right? Burly Russian guy, right? That would just kind of grab you by your shoulder. I, I, I've, seen, I've seen him one time slap a kid right in his face, right? This is back in the late 90s where you kind of put hands on kids, you know? I was like, man, man, I wonder if he got fired, but we always had a, a healthy respect for coach Kavak, man, because oh, he yeah. could see right in your eyes and he wanted the best out of you. But if you really weren't doing it, he was old school, man. He grabbed you by the neck yeah, and wake yeah. up. You know what I mean? And uh, you up by your shoulder pads, <laughs> you up by your shoulder pads. I'm man. telling you, I saw that in Texas, man. They pick these little kids up and just shake them. You're like, whoa, you're like, whoa. <laughs> Like, you know, well, and sometimes yeah. I'm like, these kids are kind of missing that in their lives. Maybe I don't know, but it, right. <laughs> the thing was, is that, you know, what ended up happening was I remember kind of walking across the, and I was already pretty drunk, but I remember walking across the stage, right. With my tassel. And one of the teachers was like, how in the heck did he make it? 1.83 GPA high in high school, but barely made it through, went to the junior college, didn't quit up, didn't quit the drinking, but kept on playing football. And then ended up at Eastern Illinois University, played with Tony Romo. Tony Romo. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then ended up getting kicked out. And uh, so you and then from there to, came back. You, you were on your way to the NFL. I mean, you were, I, you were, you were well, like I, moving in that direction. I believe so. I feel like I could have if I now like with the mindset I have now. And if you put it back in that body and did, yeah. gave up the alcohol, gave up all that other crap, I feel right. like I would have I would have made it. I don't know if I would have been a draft pick, but I just the mindset and the hard work and debt being dedicated, yeah, you know, yeah. um, and a lot of that I learned from you when we were working in the gyms. Right. Like I remember one time when you had told me, you said, you know what, it's one of those things where you can have a black eye and bloody nose, but you still got to show up. Right. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? I was like, whoa, what is this all about? Like, I want to take a a day off well you can't right like we got to get this thing done so that you know what i mean but that taught me a lot in that type of mindset you know what i mean if if i would have had it back then i, I think i would have had an opportunity to yeah but right. you know at the end of the day i ended up doing ended up going the route that i went and had a couple of times where i almost died i got stabbed on a couple of different occasions got shot at on a couple of different occasions um but i feel like you know obviously it was energy misdirected 
Um, but once that, once that energy started to, I really started to kind of focus and started to get, uh, things in line, uh, things started to shift, you know? So, yeah. So how did you, know, how did you turn that around though? How did you, yeah. how did you start to make the shift? Do you remember? Yeah, I, I, I distinctly remember, um, it, it was, it was, it wasn't like, um, you know how Tony Robbins says is like you, you, you snap your finger and it's a, it's a deciding moment. You make that decision that day. And I, it wasn't really like that for me. Um, what it was, was a, a little over time. So right. I remember when I first started to kind of clear up just a bit is when I went to Calvi ranch in Lakeside. Uh, it was a, a drug and alcohol, a rehab. And that was the first time where they had pretty much, you were taught structure, right? So you woke up early in the morning and it, it was like a, it was a Christian rehab. So we read the Bible and then what we would do is we'd have to journal. So they stopped, they talked about journaling. So you needed to do the journaling. And then after that, you had a sweep. You sweep up your stuff, make your bed. And so there was that structure. So your day was filled time block by the moment. And then we worked on a farm. So I had a, you know, it was the first time I ever worked with pigs and horses and everything of that nature. And so we were getting down and dirty, but when I look back on it in those 30 days, it really taught me structure again. And I actually felt good at the end of the day. I was like, man, I felt like I accomplished something, you know, and that right. was the big thing. But then I had went back out and I still hadn't learned, got back into the alcohol again, but that was the first start of it though. That was what was huge. So it was that structure. Right. And then I ended up kind of getting in trouble a bit. And then finally, uh, the, the, finally, the, the last, the last time, um, was when I think a lot of the times what I was doing it because I had quit alcohol and I had quit drugs on, I can't count how many times on my hands. I really can't fellas. Right. And I think the reason why, and I'm not hundred percent knowing at this point, but I think the reason why is because what I was doing it was, and I know this might sound weird. One time it was doing it for my kids. And then the other time I was doing it for my wife. And then finally I was like, you know what? I've got to do this for myself. Yes. Yeah. And that's what I was going to get into with you too. When you were like, you know, Tony Robbins said it's like a snap of the finger. Well, it's like, for a lot of us, it's like 12 snaps of the finger. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's like, it, it happens over and over and you internalize it a different way and you internalize it a different way. And I think here's a really good point that you hit on. If I can kind of uh, break it out a little bit is when you were in that first rehab center, it's like your mind, your body, your spirit, and your energy was aligned every day. Boom, boom, boom. You know what I mean? Like you're hitting your target. You're going out and you're working with animals. Everything was aligned every day. You were attuning yourself. And we talk about this a lot. You, we have to learn how to tune our mind, our body, and our spirit to align in the same direction consistently, as consistently as we can. And when we go out into different environments and different stressors, it starts spreading us out again and we start going into those old patterns. You know what I mean? The attunement process that we can do, though, allows us to take in that creative energy that allows us to have a balanced life, you know? And it takes us that 12 snaps of the finger sometimes to get to that point. You know what I mean? So that's, you know, for everybody listening right now, for the parents listening or watching right now, think about that. It wasn't just this magical aha moment, one snap of the finger. We're talking about a process. Think about how you're how many years? going through a process. And there's sometimes you have to fall, scrape a knee, get a bruise, hit your head, do all these different things, come back up, dust yourself off. You know, a lot of our teens though, want to think of it as the end of the road and, or there's no other option, or I've, I've reached all my, different options. And now I'm going to call it quits. Maybe that's how some teens actually commit suicide, right? They, they've come to come to that point. Um, you know, coach Steele, um, didn't mean to interrupt, but you were talking to about your mom when you were coming back, uh, playing football. Tell us uh, about that. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, my mom, she was, uh, she always played an intricate part. As a matter of fact, um, she told me one day, I mean, my mom, now when I look back on it, I mean, they're so, our mom, <laughs> she's just, she was just so like amazing and so ahead of her time. But um, I had no idea about this. My aunt Linda was telling me that my mom, what she would do like throughout, um, you know, throughout the weeks, right. Is that she would actually have like college students and college grad because for her it was like, got to graduate son. Yeah. And that was like the big thing. You got to graduate. You know? Right. And, uh, and I think a little bit differently about that now, but I'm not going to say, but here's the thing, <laughs> you got to graduate. But here's the thing though, is that she would bring over college graduates. Right. And she would have them come over just for dinner. And she would, we would sit there, but she would tell me like, you know, I'm having them sit here. I'm having you see the, the person that has graduated here. Right. And they're going to say things about college, right? Like she was doing that for me to hear from people and see people that have actually, you know, graduated. So then that would impress upon me. Right. Right. So that was that, that, that thing of like where she was always consistently putting people in front of me. Or she would tell me things like on that, you know, the, the ride to school, right? Like now I look back at the ride to school and she always maximized her moments, right? It would always be some sort of talk, you know, or we'd be laughing, mm. or some something that she would say, you know, about how much she loved me or how much she, so, you know, she, she played a huge role. I think what uh, another precipice, right? You know, we were talking about that, uh, Bo, uh, I don't know if that word was the right word there. It just sounded right, but. Uh... No, you're good. But you're saying, but you're saying, right? Like that's sometimes 12 times, right? Yeah. I remember one time with my, my mom, we were actually, um, it, 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 it was when I was coming back, um, I actually had lost my scale, my scholarship from Eastern Illinois. Right. I remember, um, you know, sitting down, it was the second time that I had, you know, I went back there, I had gotten a DUI and then they had kicked me out and then I came back and then, and then I got in trouble again. And then uh, coach Spoo, he's been in, been there for, he's the winningest coach in Eastern Illinois university. But anyways, I remember him sit, sitting down at his desk and he was just this old stoic man. And he said, Anthony, I, I, He's like, I don't know what's wrong with you. I don't know what's wrong. You got so much talent, but I, I, you just, you just have to go, you know? Mm-hmm. And I know he was believing that he, he was doing the best thing for me. Um, so I ended up going back home and I always knew that I could always go back to my mom. But this time my mom told me, she said, son, you're not a, you're not going to be able to come back here. Mm-hmm. And they changed the locks on the door. So that was like, wow, yeah. that was wild, you know? Um, so that was, that's one thing that, and I don't know if I answered your question correctly for us, but I mean, I just know that, that, that was one thing that really had made a shift that she had now that I came, now that I think back on it, she had enough courage. Yeah. To, to tough let, love, you know, tough that, love. That, that, that tough love that she was able to extend right there because she was such a nurturing mom and, and that must've been very hard for her, right. Being such a nurturing, uh, caretaking type of a mother, you know, but I just, you know, I just, I, I do want to take it back and highlight maximize your moments because parents, yeah, that was good listening. too. Yeah. You know, when, when, when he said maximize your moments, I think that's critical too. Like when my daughter's in the car with me, I think what a great opportunity, right? Like I, I took her to a doctor's appointment today, my 17 year old daughter, and she had like a little rash on the, her eyelid, nothing big. Um, but um, I use that as just this time of connection, right? It was such a blessing. You know, I, I could have, if I was somebody else with a different awareness, I could have been like, oh, this is a, you know, an interruption in my day. I got to go take my kids to the doctor. And, you know, I got, you know, I have so much work to do, which I do, but um, maximize your moments. Thanks coach. That's a good one. Yeah, that's good. I'm putting, I'm going to put this in the chat too. I'm going to quote you on that. So, you know, that way we can have that. So that's good. Yeah. And, you know, another thing too, that I was thinking about, 
you know, and you hit on the discipline part, you know, because she was so loving and nurturing. And something that I've just recently learned too, and I got to thank Maciel for this, is that kids really like discipline at the end of the day. In other words, it's the structure that they end up liking at the end of the day, you know, and sometimes we don't feel like it's the right thing to do, but discipline really provides that. When I mean they like it, meaning over a, over a period of time, it's good for them to have that kind of structure to get them going on that path, right? And a lot of us, we're like, oh, I don't want them to dislike me. I don't want them to hate me. You know what I mean? I want, but no, but like, you know, and even me dealing with, you know, my kid's not a teen yet, but like even me being able to say, hey, I can be a little bit more disciplined with him in these areas, more consistent is what I mean. So us being more consistent might seem like discipline to them, but it's, it's really good for them in the long run. Yes. I just agree. want to say hello to uh, Suri, to Laura, to Eve, to Alice. Thank you guys for tuning in. Really appreciate you guys. Yep. Um, Coach Steele, so we were talking about division. You were born, you know, um, your mom was white, blonde. Dad was black. I mean, started off your life in division. Um, you know, you saw the wall, literally the wall, where on the other side of the wall, there was this gang life. And this side of the wall, there was this like, you know, proper, you know, suburban Christian life that you were living and coming, coming back and forth into these different worlds, it seemed. And then you had football and you had alcoholism, you know, the structure, the sport, this athletic piece of you. And then you had this, this destructive side of you, basically. So, you know, um, yeah, I mean, where does that kind of leave you and right now with your kids? with with how things are are going what insights has that brought you it's brought me a lot of insights brother because the thing is is that with me and nicole we're very transparent with the kids very transparent right like they know my story inside and out you know i tell them everything from like the good things to the gory the blood and everything you know and and i think that that's really helped being consistent with that um i i always know that you know i can always be much better and i'm always working on that you know i mean we they're not even close to perfection inside the household. However, I feel like that transparency was very critical. You know, that's one thing that, you know, my parents were amazing, but they weren't transparent, you know, Mm -hmm. there was always kind of like, you know, secrets when it came to my dad's life, you know, my dad went through a lot of stuff, you know, and I think a lot of that time, a lot of that was because maybe they were just a little bit older and maybe they had thought they had erred on the wisdom of the thought process of like, well, he doesn't need to know. Yeah. Um, maybe they had thought with my personality, if I knew too much mm. then it might give me too much power, but almost like, I feel like sometimes like, you know, if you're, you're, you're as, as we're growing and then guide me fellas, cause you know, I can just keep on talking, right? <laughs> keep <laughs> but, going, keep going, but say but, hi to Veronica Basulto. Who's watching hey, Veronica. <laughs> we, gotta, we gotta hit those stairs. We gotta hit those stairs over there at the pier. Yeah. And, and, and I feel like, I feel like when we're growing, when we're growing, um, oh man, what was I talking about that thought? I, I had some sort of, I had a thought been hit my head a few times. Um, <laughs> but that, that's what I was saying is, is that like, is that, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So when we're growing, we look at our parents as if they're perfect or whoever it is in our life, right. That is, is, is over us. We're looking at it as a perfect and they're, you know, like our dad and who, or whoever's taking care of us at that time, they're our superhero. Right. And yeah. so, so, you know, I think sometimes we, we look at them in that, in that fashion, but when your superhero comes to you and says, you know what, Hey, I'm not infallible. These are things that I did. These are things that I, these are, these are the things that I did. And these are things that I, I, I hope I didn't, I, I wish I didn't do. As a matter of fact, I remember speaking at, um, speaking at a church and I was speaking to the, to the junior high and high school kids. 
And I remember telling them my story, right? But then letting them know like all the friends that grew up with me, like literally, I mean, I got like some of the top guys on our football team, like literally like one of them is like leading in Pelican Bay right now for one of the, you know, the top, you know, white gangs in, in you know, in, 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 in the whole prison system, right? Like he's, he's, a run, he's running with them, you know what I mean? But he had so much talent. He could have went to Nebraska University, probably could have been a professional athlete, right? And you got other friends that I have that, you know, were African-Americans, man, that were like, I mean, literally in and out of the penitentiary on a consistent basis, all the way up till now, till 40 and still in and out of the penitentiary. Right. And I mean, and, and just brave hearts, but always ready to get into some, the, the wrong type of action. You know what I mean? So these types of individuals, like I was consistently around in, in there. And I felt like, if my parents were, would have been maybe a little bit more consistent on being transparent with their lives, the bad things and the good things or whatever we label as we, however we label them, I think that would have been, it would have been a different, more shift and that light wouldn't have been so bright, right? On the other side of the fence. So you know? being transparent, letting our kids know that we have faults, letting our kids know that we've, you know, uh, made some mistakes or we're not perfect and we're not always coming from yeah, I mean, this, this, like, there's this parenting style that's very authoritarian where, like, you're the boss and they're, they're down here and you're always kind of talking down to your kids. And that could be a problem when you get to teenage years, you know, and create more division if you're just kind of like bossing your kid instead of coming down, you know, and be, meeting them where they're at and kind of being at, at their level and saying, hey, I've been there too. I've, I've made these mistakes and here's what I learned from them. And no, you don't have to go through that. Cause we, we're going to grow either through pain or through joy. Hopefully it's more through joy. I know a lot of us here grew a lot through pain and there's nothing good about that. I mean, if, if you can help it, you can grow through joy. You're going to have pain and that's part of life, but um, you know, yeah. Thanks coach. Yeah, that's good. And uh, if anybody watching right now, you know, thank you by the way, for all of our viewers, if anybody has any questions, please, you know, drop it in the chat. You know, we want to, we want to interact with you guys. We want to talk with you guys. And, you know, I, I got a question for Anthony, too, right? We, we kind of hit it kind of in the pre-talk. So, you know, over the last year, you know, we, we hit at the beginning of the show. Um, when you're talking about, you know, how do you how do you parent your team now in, you know, what was a very, and still is in a lot of uh, aspects, a very kind of divide culture in America? Like, how do you how, how do you approach that with your teens? You know, being in, being kind of in a blended family and kind of where you are, like, how do you approach that? as a father, you know, especially to, you know, let's be very specific on this one. Let's talk about your son, right? Cause I know he's in athletics, he's in sports. I still follow him. You know, he did his thing. How do you approach that with him in a very divided world? How do you approach that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, I mean, I was just, I was, uh, that's such a great question, Bo, cause it's one of those things where, you know, how do you, how do you assist them in that? Right. Because they're, they're, they're hearing so many different types of voices. Right. I mean, by the time they wake up, they're being bombarded with like 5,000 to 10,000 ads, right. That are hitting them in all different ways. Everything from when they go into the cupboard, right. And they, they yep. look at all the different types of foods. Those are all branding tools. Right. And then they get on yep. the social network. They're being, you know, they're, they're basically like what's happening with all these social networks. Right. Like it's, a, it's a fight for their soul. Right. It's a fight. It's a constant fight, you know? And I think, that, you know, especially, you know, really for my son, man, I tell you what, man, I've been really blessed with my son, but I think really like what's been so powerful is my wife, man, like literally like how yes. she, 
I love that. Man, how consistent she is with the kids, right? Like how open she is as far as communications. I mean, like I'll even, I'll come in and they'll just be laughing like with belly laughs, like literally on a consistent, like consistently throughout the day. And then she's, she's Latina too as well. So, you know, then I'll come in and she's yelling at them. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) it's it's up and down, but that, that open relate, that open type of relationship, you know? And I feel like, I feel like with my son, you know, he's never, it's, it's, it's kind of really tough to ask that question because he's never really given me too many issues, you know? But I think, I think a big reason why is because, you know, I've always, I started with him very, very young. Right. And this is what I wanted to get into. Yeah. Like what, how did you approach it? You know what I mean? With him? Yeah. 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 I started very young. Like, you know, definitely like we were talking about this discipline, man, kids, they love discipline. Yep. And, you know, really like with routines and, there you go. Yeah. and always like, and always, um, what, what's that word? Um, exposing them, right? Like when we had the beach boot camp, like I would expose them to, you know, like when we'd have our talks, I would say, Hey, you guys are going to be doing the talk today, right? You guys are going to be opening up. So allowing them to face this, 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 you know, this thing in their gut, right. To be leaders, to stand up, to do things, you know, and, you know, consistently I've always, you know, given them different books to read. Now, have they, have they took on all the reading that I told them at all, right. But I, I feel like, I you feel gotta like. Pay them. You got, you got to pay them like a hundred dollars. Yeah, right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Sometimes <laughs> whatever happens with that. Right. But I, but I, I, I think also too, what's been so critical is, is that like, you know what, I'm not waiting to go out and go after my dreams. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. I'm, okay. I'm actively, right. yep. I'm actively living those. I'm actively going at it. I'm act- I'm actively gaining skills, going after it, you know, failing, falling, getting back up. And so yep. that I feel like plays a huge role with Isaiah. Yeah. Do you bring Isaiah? Do you bring Isaiah into that? Like, hey, this is what's going on with my life or with my career right now. Do you? Is he in the moment with you? Or is absolutely it as much as oh, I can, cool. as much as I can. I'm constantly sharing like yeah. any type of skill that I'm learning or what I'm saying. Like, I'm always telling them like, hey, you got to make sure that you're you're great at sales. You got to make sure that you're great oh, yeah. at communication. You yeah. got to make sure that, you know, you could, you could speak one-on-one and in groups, right? Like yeah. you got high income skill sets, bro. You're teaching yep. them high income skill sets. That's, like, that's, that's what it up. is. And like, I talk about that all the time. Like, Hey, if you can get like one or two high income skill sets, if you can understand what that means with your unique skill, mm-hmm. right. At a young age, man, that's just so cool, bro. Thank you for that. I love Rock that. Is, I love Rock. this. I love this topic of teaching teens high income skill sets because they're so in touch with a lot of things. And if you just focus them, they can, I mean, they can be, gosh, I mean, if, if, if someone came to me and said, Bo, you're a good speaker and a communicator and you know how to like really talk to people. Someone had told me that at 16 years old, you know, which took me going to the military and briefing and doing all that. And when, and it came out in my mid twenties and I'm like, man, this has been in there. What I'm saying is, and Forrest talks about this all the time. That's in there already parents. Mm. These skills are already in there. Right. Let's find out where they're at. Let's put them in positions like Anthony's saying to be leaders. Let's yeah. put them in positions to talk. Let's put them in positions to do things, man. Cause like, think about that. Like it finally took me until I was like 26 years old and it like hit me and I was like, whoa, wait a minute. I got a skill here. 
everybody, mm-hmm. when did you learn that? Right. You know, when did you yeah. finally figure that out? So, Hey teens or parents like, yeah, let's, let's get our, let's get our kids in a position to like really, uh, you know, unfold some of this stuff. So even thank in you, a, even in a COVID world, you know, get them leading some kids in a zoom room, have them start something, you know, have them start, oh, idea. Uh, have them start a chat, you know, or do a socially distanced thing at a park. Isn't there something where, you know, kids can be creative and create some type of conversation, game, something, I don't know, at a park where it's safe and they can be yeah. distant, masks on. And there's always a way, but I think right now we have our blinders on. We're always thinking of the options. We're, we're not, we're not looking at the possibilities right now. And, and that's, that's super key. Um, Anthony, so uh, we're going to talk, we're going to kind of shift the conversation into politics, right? Into um, we went through a lot with, um, you know, you're out there in Texas too, right? Um, You know, this is a state that wants to like maybe break away from the United States. (laughs) Hey man, that's my, that's my home state, bro. Uh, (laughs) uh, It's, it's, it's pretty awesome. It's an awesome state, but it's very, you know, it, it, it show, it it showcases a lot of the division that's in our country within one area. Um, You know, uh, what do you, what did you go through with Black Lives Matter with your kids, with, with the, the marches, all that stuff, you know, and, and what was that division? How did you create unity out of that? Yeah, you know, I think with us, it was just, it, it, it was really just being open and having communication and talking about it, talking through it at the house, you know what I mean? And uh, allowing them to, you know, shoot, I mean, they're going to watch the news anyway, right? So it's like, hey, if you're going to watch the news, watch both. Right. Taking both perspectives. I don't, to be honest with you personally, I don't even give it the time of day, you know, cause I don't, I can't with my mind, I don't like to be around it. That's just me. Right. If they're, if they're going to do it, I can't tell them, Hey, well, you can't be around it. You're going to see it anyway. So taking both perspectives, right. And just understand that they're with both perspectives, they're going to be heavy on a certain area. Right. And they're going to want to push you in that direction. You got to come up with your own way of being able to think about it. You know, with this whole, Black Lives Matters thing and all these all these other situations. There were so many different so many different avenues and so many different ways to be able to think about it, right? Like, yeah. you know, well, they're the ones that are you know starting this and they're the ones that are starting that, you know. And then you have yeah. these very strong voices like someone like Donald Trump, which you know, love him or hate him. I mean, this guy is a great marketer, right? I mean, he's an amazing marketer, and if he can come in one direction and say something, he can guide you in that direction. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so. You know, I, I think that, you know, with that whole situation, it's, it's, it's taking in both aspects, right? But then coming to a head and having your own choices on how you're going to go ahead and think about it, you know, but then also to having that communication with it. Um, yeah, right. I mean, yeah. And I gave this some thought and I'm, and, you know, and this is a great question for us. So thank you. And this is for teens, right? So, or for parents with teens. So when we think about looking at both perspectives, like Anthony said, First, we have to understand what's going to make us emotionally unbalanced before we can look at it from a very good perspective, meaning where are our emotions crashing to on one way or the other? Where are our passions taking us where we get to one side and we can't think clearly? You know what I mean? Because yeah. that's what was happening, man. Like, I'm telling you, with there's with all these things that have been going on, there's always common ground somewhere. And you know there is because this is a human problem that's been going on forever. Yeah. The human condition is largely unchanged. It's just the ability to get this information in front of us. Mm. You know what I mean? Is what's changed. But the human condition of all these issues and what people feel so strongly about, well, you know, what we need to teach our teens is like, hey, let's give them the tools to, to stay emotionally balanced so we can remain creative and clear. 
That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Teach them how to balance their emotions first. And yeah, I love yeah. that. But it's so we can see both sides, guys. Am I making sense here? Or am I off on this? I, I would say, you know, you have to protect your brain from getting hijacked, man. Right? Your brain can get you, you can get hijacked by these news channels, by these by these silos, by these echo chambers of noise right. that grab you in and pull you in, you know, whether it's uh you know, Fox News, TYT, uh, yeah. MSNBC, or social media, or just the kid down the street telling you what's up. It doesn't matter. Where are you getting your information? How centered are you? How clear are you within your own self? Are you grounded? Are right. you able to take space away from all the noise and just breathe and feel yourself? Who are you? And and come from that place, you know? Yes, um, yes. Anthony, your kids are really strong in that. How do you, how, wh where do your kids... You know, I, I see them all with good heads, especially, you know, your older teens, uh, really great heads on their shoulders. They're getting it from somewhere. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, how, how did how did they keep a cool head during all that time? And what what specifically did you do to to help them kind of stay centered in your family? Mm hmm. Well, they get it from their mama. That's where they get it from. <laughs> <laughs> you give credit where credit is due. Yes, That's right, yes. man. That's right. Yeah, you know, if, if, and um, hi Kim, by the way, hi Kim. You know where where they're getting it too. I I feel like is is it takes a village. You know what I mean? Yeah. It takes coaches, a coaches, teachers. Yes, you know, and they're they have, you know, they're they're having the ability to I think a lot of the times what happens is we get so busy throughout our days, like as far as parents, we got this, this, that, this, and this. By the time we get home, we are so like just like drained, you know what I mean? Right, right. And you know, I just I just like I said, I mean, I can tell you enough, man, but I've just been so blessed to really where they where they would come home or they could be stressed or whatever, and they can just go ahead and, and just let it all out with Nicole, right? And and it's like there isn't like a judgment zone. Yeah, judgment zone. Yes, there is repercussion repercussions, right, for your choices or the choices that you make, obviously, right? But it's 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 a no judgment zone in that in that sense, you know. And I think too, as well, as far as like even the church and way that, you know, they can go speak to the junior high or the high school, you know, uh, you know, pastor that's in there. I mean, they have, they have so many different types of soundboards that they can connect with. I mean, even with their, with the grandparents and all that type of stuff, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that, that, that's been, it's, it's been really huge is like the open communication, you know, <clears throat> and, they have been, and, and also too, I got to give it up to them. They've been very transparent, you know, on how they yeah. felt, you know, and we've always like really, cause they're very, they're obvious, they're very multicultural, like even more so than me. Right. You know, I mean, they're black, white, Mexican, you know, and, and everything yeah. else, you know, Yeah. but we're really teaching them about all of that. Right. And so they can have a grounding in it. So they're just not like thinking like, well, I'm just like this multicultural person. Who am I? Right. Sure. We really live in it. We live like in a place that's very multicultural. However, right. Like the, the, the strong suits are white and they're in black. Yep. You got Indi you got people from India. You got people from China. You got all that. But like the heaviness is black and white. You know what I mean? Sure. And so, you know, you can kind of get lost in all of that and try to it's really kind of try to figure out who you are. And right. I feel like it's just been a village that's really helped with that whole that whole situation. They got so many different types of sounding boards.
Yeah, and I got a question too. So when you talk about creating no judgment zone with your teens, like you hit on that, is that something that you deliberately do, like top of the mind, like consciously within the household, or is that something that just like matured over time? Because I, for some reason, that hit me somewhere intuitively, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's pretty cool. No judgment zone. Is that something that you set up, or is it just something that, that happened naturally, real quick, just for teens, under for parents, that might be a good tool for them? Yeah, no, it has been something that we have, you know, stated, right? Um, okay something more so that, you know, Nicole has stated, you know, like there, there is no judgment, you know, we're, we're going to love you anyway, regardless. You know what I mean? I love but, that dude. But say that it. is powerful. That is powerful though. Yeah. We're going to love you anyways. That's huge. I mean, you're setting up a space where they can, you know, yeah. open, open up really. And uh, your kids, um, would you say that your kids actually challenge you coach Steele? Sometimes do, do, do your kids challenge you? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What? Yeah, I mean, it's a loaded question for us. No, for starting with the answer. <laughs> but what about Isaiah? I, Isaiah's been, you know, he could wrestle, dude, and he can't. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, that big, small. Yeah, no, <laughs> and uh, he definitely knows moves now that, uh, and I hope he's not watching this right now. But you know, <laughs> between us, he he knows moves now that he could probably just pin me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, they they challenge me, and they challenge me in a lot of different ways. You know, um, I haven't been, I haven't been challenged so much in like, I guess the way that I challenge my parents, man, where they have to kind of stay up and go like, is this kid going to come back alive? You know, so right. that way. Um, it's a healthy, it's a healthy challenge. It's a healthy, it's a healthy challenge. challenge. Yeah. 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 And that's wow. how we know we've like matured our family, you know, in our generations, like they're not making the same mistakes we made. So that's good. You know what here's, I mean? Here, here's one I wanted to ask you too, by the way, uh, say hi to Jen and Rachel, everybody. Hi, Jen. Hi, Rachel. Hello. Hey, Rachel. What's up? Um, I wanted to ask you, um, kind of shift into, you know, how you've created such great discipline with your kids in terms of sports and athletics. Cause I tried, man, I tried to get my kids into jujitsu. My whole vision for them was they're going to be jujitsu black belts by the time they're 18, just these badasses that could just rip a head off arm bar, <laughs> choke you out. Um, you know, but, uh, at a certain point, my kids kind of felt like it wasn't for them. And I, no matter what I did, I couldn't keep them with it, man. And I know you've struggled with that with your kids, with football, with wrestling and stuff. How have you been able to maintain keeping your kids engaged in sports and athletics? Yeah, you know, I, such a great question. And it has, it, it, it definitely has, there's been struggles at times, you know what I mean? And then sometimes I'm thinking like, have I pushed them too hard? Mm. You know, um, you know, and so the jury's always out, right, fellas? You know, yeah. um, but, but the thing is, is I, I'm believing that, you know, the day that I pass away, is, you know, they're, they're going to look back and go, you know what? Hey, I, I, I feel like they'll say it. they had at least a pretty good dad. I hope, I would hope that they would say that, you know, <laughs> and that's what I'm hoping, especially with this, like this whole wrestling thing. Right. Because at the end of the day, it was just trying to kind of figure it out. Like what type of sport could I put them in? Because the, the, the emotional intelligence, right. Like they don't teach that in school, right. right? There's no yeah. emotional intelligence class in school, right? Like when we went down to visit Bo in Florida with, with the connected human, it was just amazing what they were doing with the kids. They were teaching emotional intelligence. And these are kids that have, you know, they're not coming from two parent households. I mean, these are foster kids that have been through the ringer that could literally throw in the, you know, the white towel on life and just give up and quit. Right. And there was all this, this structure and all this thing, all these different types of things that were implemented to really teach them how to really live their life to the fullest. Right. And so I was always trying to kind of figure that out and being so busy, it was like something that I wasn't really able to, able to really do. Right. Like, I feel like if they had an entrepreneurial class, entrepreneurial classes in school, right. Like literally, I mean, you talk about trying to find yourself and find who you are, become an entrepreneur, <laughs> become yeah. a business owner, right? Like, oh, you'll find out real quick. 
That'll teach, you'll find out real quick. That'll teach you, that'll teach you real life right there, right? So, like those every, need to be the classes right there. You need an entrepreneurship for kids and you need an emotional intelligence class. You got those things. And now you're, you're getting somewhere with the school system. I mean, the school system's broken. We've talked about this in the past, you and I, oh, yeah. we have nothing, we have nothing against teachers, nothing against principals, nothing like that. Cause they're working within that system, but yeah. the system itself is broken. You Correct. Know, we, we I 1000% agree. And the thing was, is that I had, I wanted to keep them in sports, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Because of the brokenness of the school system, because when you're in the actual sport, whatever sport that is, you're going to learn, you're going to have to learn how to communicate with people that yep. you don't like. Yep. You're going to learn, you're going to have to learn at some point, you're going to have to step up and become the leader. Even if you don't want to come the leader, if you want to move to the back of the class, you're going to have to come to the front of the class, right? Yep. You're going to have to be, you know, and, 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 and you're going to have to, you know, uh, get up early in the morning, right? Mm. Like you have to be, you're going to have to be that person that has to get up at five o'clock in the morning and you're going to have to train, right? You're, there's, 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 Wait, this, this sounds like entrepreneurship class is what you're describing right? pretty much. I mean, right. this is what an emotional resiliency yeah, emotional, emotional resiliency, resiliency, right? Going through the sports, you know? So how, yeah. how did you, when they wanted to quit, when yeah. they wanted to throw in the towel and stop football or stop wrestling, yeah. you know, how did you, I mean, talk about div- division, right? You've got a vision for them. Right. They, they, they want to make a split second decision and say, no, I want, I don't want to do this anymore, dad. Right. How did, how did you create, you know, a, a, a seamless transition with that? Yeah, because I was the same as you, Forrest. Like I wanted them to be like Olympians, right? You know, and I'm gonna really go at it. Let's just go as hard, right? Let's go hard, and I'll go with you. I'll be the dad that's running with you. I'll be the dad that's working out with you. I'm gonna do my best. You know what I mean? But right. that's something yeah, that I they, saw that. Yeah. Okay, and so that's but that's not something that they essentially you know fully wanted to do. But what I what I told them is like you have to be doing something. Like an example is is like. You know, if they didn't want to actually like, uh, you know, uh, be in the wrestling as far as being on the mat with the lights on and actually being in the competition, well, that's fine. Then you need to act at least train with the team, right? Or if you don't like wrestling, let's figure out something else, right? I mean, it could have been golf. It could have been badminton. Right. It could have been lacrosse. I wasn't, I wasn't being prejudiced on the type of sport. I just knew that right. you needed to stay inside of a sport because that was yeah. the only thing that I felt like you know, there was there, you know, there was going to be a control factor in the sense that there would be that full structure yeah. that even later on, you know, it, I mean, it's just kind of weird. Like even with both of them really at this point, like with wrestling, they, you know, they don't, they don't put in everything that they have, I feel, but here's the thing is that they still have an offer. Like they could even get a full ride scholarship. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's how talented they are inside of the actual sport. But even if they don't choose to do that, at least what they got back from the sport. And that's the reason, you know, there was times where it was like, this is what you're going to do. Or you want to find something else that's do cross country. Like, this is yeah. what you're going to do because you're not going to be coming home here. Right. And I don't have, I don't have the, I don't, I guess I don't have the patience and God bless those parents, man, that can just like be home with their kids and have all this full type of structure. Like I have all the other things that I need to be, I feel like I need to be able to, I have to get done and show up for you know what I'm saying? So that the yep. sport, the sport is what has really, really, uh, I feel like it was, it was just like, there was, there's no compromise there. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that was good that you, that you held your ground. You got to help, you got to hold your ground at a certain point, you know, and that yeah. and you knew all the value that they were going to get out of it. So you just, you held your ground and you kept with it. You kept with it with them over the years. And, you know, Shout out to your kids, by the way, Isaiah and Alexis. You guys are amazing athletes and just freaking amazing people. So, you know, I love you guys. You guys are awesome. Yeah, and I can attest to that. So, like, you know, especially real quick before we get off the sports thing, I just want to hit, like, 
Joe, man, like going overseas in uh, Afghanistan and, and doing what we did out there, yo, I'm telling you. And I told, I came back home and had dinner with my high school football coach, Coach Miller. If you see this, man, he's still on Facebook. Man, I love you, bro. Like his, their mentorship and their guidance and making me tough when I didn't have a dad growing up. Yeah. Yo, so I could, so I could mentally at least, I just remember some really rough moments overseas and being like, I, for, it was so weird for me. It was just such a weird parallel when I'm like, you know, I just, just remember my coaches for some reason. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Like for some reason I fell back on some of that stuff. Yeah, and I, yeah. you know, I credit them. Thank you for being there for me as a young man, because for me personally, some of that, that tough love and that like, Hey, you better get up. You're not the biggest kid out here, but you better get up. You know, it was like same thing when I was overseas in some pretty intense moments where like, yo, just keep moving, bro. Like you got to keep moving. So mm -hmm. I just want to say that helped me a lot from, uh, you know, like just muscle memory and a lot of other things. So it was good. Sports was good for me, too. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's a good point, Bo. I want to ask you both this, Bo and Anthony, is um, do you think we're living in a society that's become a little bit too fragile? Are we catering too much in, in today's world to, um, you know, every single whim and, you know, need of our children you know do we need to you know kind of get back that more firmness uh, maybe we can balance it out and there could be both worlds the conscious parenting world with the discipline can that marry that's, up yeah that's where i'm at that's where i'm at so i i try to do a little bit of both and obviously my, my kid's very young so and um you know we've worked with a lot of teens and i think it's very good to take a little bit of you know you know, stoicism or stoic philosophy in people's lives, like let them go through some hardship, whether it's through sports, like Anthony was talking about and, you know, deal with that or whether it's through where we can teach them in other creative ways. But yes, I believe that needs to be a healthy, a very healthy balance for us. And I'll turn it over to Anthony. So I believe that for sure. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's, it's, it's definitely that healthy balance. And then also too, it's, it's um, exposing them. Right. Because I mean, let, let's, I mean, let's, let's be real. I mean, our kids, the way that they're going to be, the way that they come up, I mean, it, they come up very cozy, right? I mean, they're <laughs> coming up in a very, I mean, we're, they got breakfast, they got lunch, they've got dinner, they've got the new shoes, they've got the new pants, they've got all, you know, they're, they're coming up very cozy, but the more that we can actually expose them, right? Yes. Like send them to the, take them to the children's hospital, right? Uh, you know, go to the children's hospital and have them see these yeah. kids that are actually fighting for their lives with cancer right have them go on a on a missions trip to mexico or to to africa or to you know russia or whatever like expose them to where their heart can be yeah. in so much pain they can feel that pain in a good way to where they can come back and yeah. want to be something want to do something you know and and i feel like you know the sport, the sport does do that too as well when you expose them to sport but let, let me be let me be real with you right like it would, didn't even have to be a sport yes i feel like you know you got to take care of your body physically because it is your temple absolutely so they would have to do something physically to take care of their body however right like if they would have been in band let's go let's do the band right like yeah. if they would have been on the debate team heck yeah right. i mean now yeah. you're going to communicate get in that debate right. team right. Right. they still like, would have they still would have felt right. challenges they still would have to overcome things the, the limiting beliefs self limiting beliefs you know what i mean so yes yes so i think the i think the takeaway message is you have to set up a testing ground there so that they can take real world action and you know it's not just about the mindset it's about taking action and with that quality of mind and being able to turn it into reality and coming up against the fears and the failures and all the all the obstacles as part of that testing ground. So what's the testing ground for your kids? Do they have a testing ground right now? Your teenagers, your young adults, are you setting them up with the environment of a testing ground? That's a good question to ask. Uh, we want to say hi me. to Yadira. Hey, Yadira, how you doing? Good to have Yadira. you on. 
Hey. Awesome. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and type this in there for oh, everybody. Yeah. That was too good, man. The testing ground to, to really come up against their fears and self-limiting beliefs. And, you know, that's one of the biggest things. And you guys, you know, I first heard this from you guys was like a lot of, and you guys probably know the stats, a lot of the things that we think about in our head. I know Anthony used to hit this all the time. doesn't really even come true. There's like a stat you guys used to throw out, like, right. The stuff you worry about, like most of it doesn't even come to fruition. You know what I mean? Mm. So to put our kids in that position to show them, like, you're really, what are you afraid of? Like, it's just a debate, right? Or it's just catching up a ball, right? Or it's just, it's hitting a volleyball. So I think that's pretty powerful. So thank you. I love it. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, what I've struggled with too is my daughter, I especially had a lot more, more courage when she was younger in middle school and before then, especially. And I saw the school system kind of beat that out of her or maybe, you know, Part of part of it, she's got to take responsibility, and I do too. Um, responsibility for that. I mean, for instance, in sixth or seventh grade, she got in front of the whole school, up on the stage, thousands of kids, right in the auditorium, and just sang a song, you know, on the microphone. And she would never do that now, um, you know. And I wish she would. She has such a beautiful voice. But um, what would you do for your for your kids, Coach Steele, if they started to lose belief in themselves, right? If they started to you know, start to doubt themselves, start to overthink things. And then you saw their world get smaller and smaller and smaller. Cause this is happening to my kids and a lot of other parents are struggling with this, with their kids. What, what would you suggest? Man, that is such a, it's such a great question. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, we're going through it, you know, here too, as well a bit. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, it's, it's really figuring, it's really figuring out and having that communication with your kids to where you, before she brought it up earlier, where you're not like standing over them, right. Constantly mm -hmm. grilling them. Cause at that teenage, right. Like, you know, but yeah, there is that, there is that, like, you know, they have to have the discipline, but then also too, they need to be able to have a voice, right. Yeah. To be able to stamp out that creative voice in them. I mean, they're, there's just that there's that amazingness inside of them and so figuring that out I feel like in figuring out who is actually speaking to them what are the outlets right mm -hmm. what is actually speaking to them that is sucking the life out of them right mm -hmm. we got to figure out where those areas are and where those areas are at least this is in my hypothesis is that it's right there inside the social network right you know, these, these social networks, like with Snapchat, with Instagram, and I might be sounding like an oldie now, right? But, you know, Facebook, you know, yeah. Musical.ly, Twitter, all these it's types true. of things. I mean, it's true. And it's sapping, it saps, it does sap the life out of them, right? Depending on what they're soaking in, what they're taking in. And a lot of this like nothingness, right? That's coming in, right? Like, I think you have to have that part of your life where you're just like, oh, you know, just kind of have a little bit of nothingness, but then also too, like, right. you know, us as human beings, right? Like we really want to have discipline, such a bad word out there, but really we want to be structured. We want to have discipline. We want to be going after something. We want to yeah. be going in a certain direction. Yes. And I feel like, you know, if, if I, you know, as I start to see that sometimes in, in my kids, you know, it's really just trying to figure out like, what is it? that they're listening to. And it's even to the point where, you know, I've literally needed to take the phone away, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that needs to, I mean, this is going to be an episode. I think that's going to be an upcoming podcast episode is just going to be all on phones, all on social media. We're going to have to get really, really deep into this because this is the thing that keeps reoccurring over and over and over. 
Um, you know, by the way, if you're listening to this right now, we just set up a new Facebook group, a private Facebook group page where you as the parent can jump in, talk with other parents, you know, and just share and know that you're not alone with all these struggles that you're going through. And we give tips and strategies and so forth. Um, we'll put a link in there. Uh, what's the name of it? Um, parents with uh, awesome teens uh, with anxiety, depression, or low self-esteem. And it might not be one of those exact problems, but, you know, for the most part, you know, your teen's struggling with something. If they're struggling, you're a parent, you're trying to do the best you can, come on to the group. We invite you in. It's a, it's a safe space for parents to talk and discuss these types of things. And, um, you know, uh, thank you for being with us today, learning with us, growing with us. You know, none of us are, you know, we've been doing mindset and coaching, you know, combined right here over 50 years at least. Um, experience and um, but none of us are positioning ourselves as experts or know-it-alls we're learning every day we are in the trenches every day with our own kids with our own life and um, you know thank you coach for you know never kind of yeah always being real just totally being real with yourself with your kids with with your friends I mean you know uh, really really appreciate you coach Steele uh, Laura Hanley says how you talk to your kids becomes the voice in their own head wow yeah, that's good. That's good. Really we good also we had a question. We had a question for you too um, from uh, from Eve. She said, "How do you?" She goes, "Curious. Do you think you uh, you would have been drastically different if you had stayed in Christian school? Do you think you did certain things to fit into the new crowd?" Oh, absolutely. And who asked that question? Eve. Uh, Eve. Eve. Yeah, that's an uh, that's an absolute um, uh, great question. And yeah, you're absolutely right. I think things. I think things could have been different, you know, absolutely. Um, how different would they would, would they have been? I'm not 100% sure, obviously, but, you know, obviously, you know, being inside of the actual Christian school, it was, it was more, um, uh, I guess, uh, what's that word? More guarded, I guess you would say more monitored. Um, you know, I guess you would say more of a safer place, but absolutely, yeah, there's absolutely the challenges there too as well. Right, right. A lot of, yeah, there's a lot of different types of challenges. There's a lot of different types of things that are happening. I mean, you think about it like, you know, um, that's a whole nother topic. But yeah, like, those Christian kids are sinning too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I mean, <laughs> as a matter of fact, my <laughs> hey, hey. Uh oh, sinners. But, but yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Like, I think, you know, um, there is definitely a different type of exposure though inside of the public school, you know, yeah. but I, I feel like the, I feel like, um, the public school for me, um, ultimately, ultimately ended up becoming the best place for me long-term. If you would have saw me going through high school and everything like that, you probably would have said it wasn't, you know? Um, but but it over made you who time, you are today, right? It made you made me right. who I was today, right? And it was it was like, it was actually like real life. Yeah. It got me ready for real life where actually the Christian school, I don't feel like it, would, it, would, it was going to get me ready for real life, at least for the personality that I had. Yeah. 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 Hey, we're going to, um, we're coming to a close. Um, unfortunately I would, I could keep going. This is, this is fun. I love this. Oh, yeah. Uh, we could easily do this for another two or three hours, man. Shooting the shit with Anthony Steele. Um, but, uh, what is, what is your takeaway message coach for the parents out there struggling with their teens, trying to get their teens motivated, 
um, you know, I did want to, oh yeah, I, I did touch on exercise and stuff like that, but um, what is your, yeah, what's your, your leaving message with the parents on how to keep their teens motivated, how to keep them on track, how to bring, and, and, and also the, how to bring that family unity. Cause we did talk about division, right? Division in the family, division in politics, division in culture. Um, how do we keep, how do we tie it all together, coach? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I, I would say, you know, one of the biggest things is that's very important is, is transparency, man. Be real with them. Be real with who you are in your life. Like you know, t- tell them about how you were when you were young, how you were dealing with things in your time. Right. Um, and, 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 and being transparent, being open, letting, having an open space for them to be able to connect and it just allow them to talk, right. Allow them to be able to express their self. Um, I think also too, a very critical thing is, is that you've got to live your life too, as well. They got to see you live your life. They got to see you face your fears. They got to see go. you battle, That's get awesome. in the battleground. They got to see you attain skills that you said you couldn't attain. They got to see, go. like, you got to stop. You got to stop like being like, I, I, all this type of stuff, like, well, I'm just going to wait until they get older. And it's there, you know, I want to make sure I take, no, 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 no. They need to see you do that because you're their lineage. You're their blood. They need to stop seeing everyone else do it. They need to yes. see you do it. You go for your dreams. You go for your goals because now it's going to have them go fight for their dreams and for their goals because they see mom, they see dad doing it, you know? And I think that that's, that's, that's the most critical thing, you know? Um, yeah. Woo! That's that powerful, good. man. That's good right there. I'm like, all right. That was yeah. good. That was I mean, good, man. Thank you. Yeah. Stop hiding behind your kids. What Boom. are your goals? What are your, what are your dreams? Stop hiding behind your kids. Coach Steele just called you out, parents. Yeah. Let's go. Let's I'm gonna quote that up. one real quick. I'm gonna end quote that. You know what I'm saying? Woo! <laughs> Nicole Steele is watching. It's Nicole Steele, the one and only. Hey, Nicole. Good to I have you. I, I hope I did something right because she's that she's there in the other room. So I, you know, we'll, we'll see that the jury's out. But you know, first of all, man, I just want to thank you guys, man. You guys are a tremendous blessing. And I mean, the question is, right? Like, how do we give back to you guys, right? Like, I understand, like, you know, going onto the podcast on on iTunes and giving a you know, giving a, a five-star rating and, and doing those types of things and giving a review. But as far as like with the program, like how, how do we give back? How do we get our kids into the program? How do we get them started? Like what, what's the next step? Because it, I mean, it, we always talk about like a village and having others speak into their life. I tell you one of the things that was very powerful, right? Like just real quick and ending, I'm sorry. Can I say this you're real good. quick? Yeah. 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 You're good. We actually had a, uh, we had, uh, you know, something go on with my, my teenage daughter and it was, uh, you know, you can only tell them so much, right? Like being parents, you can only tell them so much and you can only have so much to do. And, and we're just going through life doing the best that we can, right? right. Like, you know, just like, oh, of course you guys just said, like, we're, I mean, we've got 50 years of experience all combined through us, but we're still learning. We're still white belts, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, what was so powerful though, is that we were actually at the point with, with one of my teenagers where it was like, just get out of here, uh-huh. you know, and, and you're going to have to go back and, you know, just go back to, you know, um, you know, Oceanside and, and, and we just had enough, uh-huh. but what ended up happening, it, it takes a village, right? Uh-huh. And she actually, we actually had a parent that came in, took her out for coffee and pretty much told her everything that we've been saying. Right. Yeah. But because it came from that voice. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's always like that, bro. But because it came from that voice, right? But but the thing was, it was just a parent just speaking, speaking into her life, and it was just so powerful, and it ended up making a shift. And you know, in in 
in, in my daughter, which I love so much. I mean, she's, she's my, like, air, she's my everything. And she's actually a huge mentor of mine. Right. Mm-hmm. But how do we bring, put our sons, how do we put our daughters into your guys, you know, have you guys speak into their life? I mean, we're Thank talking you. about yeah. you know, 30, 40 years of experience. How do, how do we do that? Thank you, coach. Yeah, we're, we're, we're um, right now currently coaching teens uh, a couple times a week. Um, you know, anyone could PM me, Forrest Follin on Facebook. I'll send you a link. They could register. They could drop right in. Uh, we're right now we're doing this, you know, um, this, this first beta run and the kids are loving it. The kids are getting such incredible progress and the kids are uh, in leaps and bounds, quantum leaps, in fact, uh, really, you know, discovering themselves, learning breathing techniques, learning mindset techniques, emotional intelligence to help them with uh, creating a, an exciting vision for their life and also escaping some of the negative emotions, anxiety, depression, overwhelm, um, you know, shame, guilt, all those, those different things that we tend to hold on to as, as kids and we can't express. So we give... Um, kids the help for that and so we're working with um, a, a small number of kids now and we're going to start to build this platform and help more and more kids along the way by June 2021 we're going to have a full launch um, right now people can go to a GoFundMe where you know we are looking for people to come alongside and fund the actual launching of it right and we, we're halfway to our goal so I want to thank so many people who have come alongside and said yes we believe in you yes we believe in this project Thank you, Forrest. Thank you, Bo. And thanks for helping the kids. And uh, that's what we've been doing. So just send me a private message on Facebook. I'll send you the link. The classes are free right now. So they could just jump in and, you know, we'll get to work. And uh, that's what we do. And we record the classes so that the parents can then go back and watch them if they like, you know, and know exactly what we're doing in there and really just keep up to with us with what we're doing. Um, but the kids are loving it and they're showing up on their own free will. I mean, they're reminding their parents, Hey, my mind's my mindset class is coming up. I want to jump on that. And then they're jumping on, uh, we're doing them over zoom. So kids are coming from anywhere in the world. We got kids all throughout California. We even have one kid in the, in the Philippines that's, um, joining in. So, yeah, you know, um, what I love too, is that yeah. like, you know, you had a post the other day about the teens in there, like their openness Anthony to be like, yes, phones are a problem. You know, they're, so when you're saying it takes a village, they're telling for us straight up. They're all raising their hands. Like phones are a problem for us right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, you know, I think, I think it does take a village. And like, you know, what's crazy about that story too, uh, Anthony is like the power of the human spirit, right? We can tell our kids one thing and then someone comes in and it's that same spirit of love and service that opens their hearts up and it makes that shift for them. And that's what Forrest is doing, right? Forrest is allowing that. And, and really, you know, I know Forrest takes it very seriously and he works with talks with the parents as well. And is very transparent, like, Hey, this is what we're doing. So I dropped the link in there for Forrest's program and what they're doing for the GoFundMe. It's in there now, Forrest. I hooked us up with that. So thank you, Bob. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I just want to tell you both. Thank you, man. I lie. I was excited for this one, fellas. I was excited. For yeah. This one. <laughs> I was excited too. If I can end with this though, I mean, there, this, the thing is, is that the exposure that you can give, you know, for your kids or just exposure for yourself. And, and, and it's so critical to get with people that are mentors, right? Like mm-hmm. there's a story, right? Of Picasso. And I don't know if everyone's heard this story, but with Picasso, right. He's out there and he's at like this, I don't know what it was at those times, but it was kind of like a restaurant type of thing. Right. And he's out there and he's like, drawing right on this piece of paper he's drawing drawing this lady comes by and she's like watching him for the last couple of minutes when he actually actually first started his drawing right she's watching for the couple of minutes she says i want that drawing how much no hesitation 
Picasso says $20,000. She goes, what are you talking about? $20,000. Are you, he said, she's all, it only took you a couple minutes. He said, no, no, this took me 50 years to do. Yeah. So like having someone that's like a mentor, all that years of experience, right? Mm. Speaking into your kids' lives, like, what are you waiting for? Mm. Mentorship, mentorship. Right here. This is it right here. Coach Steele, your your mentor is right behind you. I think I see see your mentor back there behind you. (laughs) Your mentor. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's Titus right there. Let's give it up to Anthony Steele, everybody. Thank you, Anthony, for being on with us. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Continue to share, support the podcast. Uh, We appreciate you, and peace out. Have a wonderful, wonderful night. Goodbye, everybody. Love you, brothers. Love you, man. Love you guys. guys. All right. Have a good one.